This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 212. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, Ass Kickers. Welcome to another episode of The Daily Diaries. You're still here. Thank you so much for joining me. I always am so incredibly grateful for the time that you take out of your day to spend with me here. And I know that this month has been (laughs) extra time, and I, I so, so appreciate that, and I just want you to know that. And today I have been, well, I've been procrastinating this whole week on this particular episode and tomorrow's episode. I'm going to record them in this on the same day. And I've been kind of just like, oh my gosh, this, I woke up this morning knowing like today's the drop dead day. I'm already late sending it over to my team and I don't like to do that to them. And so today I woke up this morning knowing that I was going to record these two episodes and just like this heavy feeling in the pit of my stomach. And it really, you know, now that I've I've done this type of work and I do this type of work with clients, anytime there's some kind of emotion like that, something's going on, especially with my physical body, I check in with myself and get curious, you know, what is actually going on with this? Am I not ready to tell this story was, was the question I asked myself. So I sat with it for a while and I decided, no, I am ready to tell it. I've told it before to close company, you know, friends of mine. And it's not that I'm not ready to tell it. I think there are those stories that we have that just hold a lot of emotion for us, whether it's sadness, whether it's disappointment, frustration, a mix of all of those. And this one is a story about anger, about something that was sparked inside of me that had been kind of brewing for a while, was kind of a straw that broke the camel's back type of moment. But I tell this story because I think there are so many women out there who have had similar experiences. And there is a question I have for you at the end. So I, before I sat down, I, I sat down and took a moment and I called on my courage. I called on my guides and I lit a candle and took several deep breaths. So I am ready. And you know, I always tell people to you know, start before you're ready because are we ever really ready to do the big things in our lives? I don't know. I've done a lot of things in my life that were hard and scary and exciting. And I don't think I was totally ready for it because if we wait until we're ready, many times we will never, ever get there. So before I get into that, I wanted to let you all know that as you've been hearing about this week, registration is open for Raise Hell. I am so excited that so many of you have joined and filled out your initial pre-work questionnaire so I can get to know you better and I've had a few phone calls with some of you and it just is so incredible. So Raise Hell, we start next week. It's a four-month online program where we are tackling topics like values-based hell raising is what I'm calling it. And it's really getting to the bottom of how do you want to live your life? We're going to open with that curriculum. Then we're going to get into your tolerations. I think a lot of our suffering in life can be stemmed back to what are we actually tolerating in our life? So, hey, people pleasers out there, approval seekers, you know, what are the things you're saying yes to that you don't want to be saying yes to? What are the things that you're saying no to that you're not making a priority? We're going to be talking about also your everyday habits. And we're not just going to be sitting around discussing these things. The way that I have set up this program is so that you not only 
declare what it is that you want, but you declare what you're going to take action on and there's built-in accountability. That's what's so important about this work is not just having good intentions, which all of us do. It's about actually coming up with a plan that is realistic for you and having loving accountability and support around it. There's more about what the program contains. And like I mentioned before, it's four months long. We're going all the way into June and I absolutely positively can't wait to start. (laughs) These types of programs give me life, y'all. Like, oh my gosh, just getting on the live video broadcast with you guys where you're going to be on video too and the Facebook group and hearing your stories and watching you grow and shine with each other. Oh, it just lights my fire. And I'm just absolutely honored to be able to guide you. So you can hop on over to yourkickasslife.com slash raise dash hell. Of course, that link is in the show notes if you want to just pop over there and click on the link. And I have opened up a handful of spots this week. Uh, So hopefully you're listening to this in sort of real time. And if you want to hop on the phone for like a 10 or 15 minute conversation with me, just to make sure that it's right for you, I've opened up some spots to do that. So you can shoot an email to support at yourkickasslife.com. Or if you get my daily emails, you can simply reply to that email and we'll get you all set up. And the last thing I want to say about it before I move on to the episode is that this is by far the most affordable way to work with me. I've scaled back on my private work and I'm only taking about four private clients a year. And I'm only teaching this course once a year. And also because that this is its pilot round, this is an introductory price and there's a payment plan. So if you have always wanted to work with me and my community of amazing women, because I tend to manifest a group of really badass women, then head on over to that page, yourkickasslife.com slash raise dash hell. And that early bird price ends on Saturday, February 24th. So it goes through that entire day. All right. All right. Before I jump into this, I just want to say that this episode is not for children's ears. I know that these are all marked as explicit, and I know that some of you listen in the car with your kids anyway, because usually it's just foul language, (laughs) which I know my kids have heard it all too. But this particular episode is a little bit more explicit than usual, and I would not want my children to hear it. So I'm just forewarning you. I've given you plenty of time to turn it off or pause it and listen after you've dropped them off or whatever. So it's just... Grownups. This is for grownups. And the title of it, I'm sure you can already kind of anticipate <laughs> by based on the title of this particular episode, and that is The Time I Was Humiliated in Public by a Stranger. So let me sort of set the stage for you. It was the mid-90s, and a small group of girlfriends and I went to the Over the Line tournament in San Diego. If you have traveled to San Diego in the summertime or lived there, you are probably familiar. It's one of the city's oldest traditions. I think they're on like their 60-something year at this point. But OTL, from what I have heard now in 2018, it has calmed down a bit. But back then in the 90s, it was known for its drunkenness and topless women and just all-around debauchery. 
I've heard it called the Mardi Gras on the beach and hundreds, I mean, if not thousands of people come out for this yearly event every summer. Uh, It's um, it's on a, a small little island. I mean, it's not like an island way out there. It's called Fiesta Island. It's just like this you know, body of sand that's within the bay. And back then, even though it was my first time going to that, to the over the line tournament, I wasn't afraid of all of the craziness we were walking into. I had not grown up in, in the kind of bubble where, in other words, I knew I had been around that type of, of partying and I was not, I was not scared walking into it. And my friends and I, as we walked around, there was a lot of booths and and things like that. And we watched some of the teams play. And as the games wound down for the day, we started to make our way towards, it was sort of like, um, there's like a wide paved road that kind of stems off of the island. And it was going to take us back to the main parking lot. And so along this road, People had parked their vans and there was a lot of RVs and many of the RVs had people hanging out around the RVs and a lot of them had um, people on top of the RVs partying. And as we continued to walk, my friends and I, I heard a man shout. He was probably, I don't know, maybe like 30 feet away. And I heard him yell, hey, you in the white shirt. And I looked up uh, to the top of the RV and it was a good looking guy and he was probably around 25, maybe 30 at the most. And he was pointing at me and we made eye contact and he said, you have a really nice smile. And I smiled at him and he continued and said, I'd like to come all over it. And laughter erupted. And it was one of those moments where, you know how everything gets kind of like tunnel vision and time kind of stands still. And I think one of my friends yelled, what a dick or what an asshole or something like that. And we kept walking and no one spoke of it again. I cannot remember the rest of the day or the rest of the conversation that took place as we were walking. All I remember is that wash of total and complete humiliation. And every once in a great while, I mean, every once in a great while, I wonder what happened to him. The guy at the over the line tournament, the guy that used me to make himself look cool in front of his friends and in front of everybody, really. The guy that I assume never thought twice of what he shouted at me and probably to so many other women. And I wonder if now, 20 plus years later, I wonder if he is the father of daughters. And I wonder if he looks back on his youth and regrets some of the things he did and said. And I wonder if he gives a shit. Because for me, my humiliation that day turned into anger and then turned into rage. Rage for my humiliation. Rage for the discomfort it caused all the people that saw it and heard it. Rage for all the women who saw it and wanted to say something, but couldn't. Rage for all the women who saw it and who didn't care. Rage for the part of me who stayed silent. Rage for the fact that if I did say anything, it wouldn't have really mattered. Rage for the fact that I knew all of this. Rage for all the times I had, in fact, shouted something back in retaliation, only to be met with something worse. Rage for the notion that that's what you get when you go to the -the over-the-line tournament. 
rage for living in a world where that's just how it is. My rage wasn't expressed that day. I stuffed it away with all the other emotions I didn't know what to do with. I lashed out at my then-boyfriend. I gave the middle finger to any and all catcalls I received. I was aggressive, and I was quick to be mean. And it wasn't just that guy at the -the over-the-line tournament. It was years of sexual harassment before and after that day, having my ass grabbed uninvited more times than I can possibly count, being cornered at parties and being afraid while I looked around for an exit or for a friend, being followed to my car, and being met with, that's just how it is. And as I think about the story, this experience that I had, and I start to kind of connect the dots about my anger, which turned to rage, I think to myself, what does one do with that much rage? I look back on my behaviors, the behaviors that I'm not proud of, and I know why. It came from a lifetime of feeling helpless, of feeling like I didn't matter, being told that's just how it is, or worse, feeling like it was my fault. So again, what do you do with that much rage? Now, I'm not an expert on rage, but I can tell you what I have done with it. And in my experience, you name it. I used to be afraid to tell people I was that angry. So I'm saying now, I was that angry. Still angry, but I don't let that anger drive me into behaviors that I'm not proud of. I also tell the story. It helps me process it, and it helps me to feel seen and heard, and I write about it just like I'm doing right now. I'm angry that it happened, even though it was 20-some years ago, but I don't feel rage anymore. I've actually forgiven that guy and all the others. I hope now they know, but that's not for me to seek out or give too much thought. I can also raise my son to understand that behaviors like that are unacceptable to do to other human beings and to call it out when he sees others doing it. So with that, dear podcast listener, I ask you, what do you do with your anger? If you have rage, what do you do with that? Stay tuned tomorrow where I'm going to read you another poem. Thanks for listening, Ask Kickers. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.